Greetings and welcome back to another ongoing series of Shirim and Afyomi. My name is Yitzchak Shalom. We're now in Masachet Eruvin of Samach Amur Aleph at the bottom of the Amud. About to look at Mishnah Zayin of this fifth, the fifth pair. Mishnah Zayin and Chet are presented together. Mishnah of Mizrach. It's unclear what Mizrach here means, east of what. But somebody's in the east and says to his son, set up my Eruv in the west. Or Marav Amar Levin Mizrach, or the opposite. If from the place he's standing, his uh, house is within 2,000 amot, but the Eruv is more than that, his house is fine for him, but he cannot go to the Eruv. If you have the flip situation, he can go to his Eruv, but he can't go to his house. Meaning he can go to 2,000 amot from where he's standing. You have to see what the circumstance is. Now, if you put the Eruv in the Ibur Ha'ir, meaning in the extension of the city that we've mapped out as per the beginning of the Perak, you've accomplished nothing. This is a very bizarre statement. If you put it outside of the Tchum, whatever you gain on one side, you lose on the other side. We have to understand what that means, and we'll, we'll address it. Okay, we think that in the first case of the Mishnah, when you're in the east and you tell your son to go to the west and vice versa, it means you're east of your house, on the east side of your house. So, I understand how your Eruv could be outside of 2000 and your house is within it, because you're sending him on beyond the house. You can get to your house. How could you have a situation where you're closer to the Eruv than you are to your house? Your assumption that Mizrach and Marab means the east side of his house or the west side of his house. Mizrach means the Mizrach Beno. You're on the east side of your son. You're east of him and you tell your son to go west. Well, the Marab means the Marab Beno and tell him to go east. And therefore, you could be closer to either one or the other. You could even take our first read of the Mishnah. If he's triangulating, in which case, from his house, from where he's standing to the Eruv, might indeed be closer than to his house. Okay, imagine them on a triangular relationship. The next line in the Mishnah said, if you put the Eruv in Eruvashalir, meaning the extension of the city, this is still Mishnah uh, Zayin. Um, then we said that you haven't accomplished nothing. If you put it in Chutz Tchum, even one Ama, what you gain, you lose. Chutz Tchum, how could it be outside of the Tchum? Ela Ema Chutz Iburat. The Mishnah must read, if you put it within the Ibur Ha'ir, the extension of the city, you've done nothing. If you put it outside of the Ibur of the city, what you gain on one side, you lose on the other. Mashiach Kav Mafsid. So Mashiach Kav is too low. That's all you lose? In other words, it's an even wash? If you put it in the Ibor, nothing. If you put it outside of the Ibor, meaning within the 2000 Amot, outside of the Ibor Hayer, you gain that amount, you lose the whole city. Meaning, up until now, you had your whole city plus 2,000 amot on the outside. If you put it outside of the Ibor, you gain 2,000 amot from the Eruv, but you don't have the entire city. Because the city counts towards that. So, if his measure of the 2,000 ended up right in the middle of the city, 
And so yet, it goes all the way to the end of the city, then you gain from there on. And then what you gain, you lost, what you gained, you lost. Exactly, and no, no more. And you don't lose more. Let's say you're measuring <coughs> your 2,000, and your measure ended up in the middle of a city, that's as far as you can walk. But if your measure includes the exact full city, meaning it ends up at the end of the city, then the entire city becomes like your Arbamot, and then you get from there on the rest of whatever you had. So let's say it was the thousand amot to the city, and and then another thousand amot of city. You get another thousand amot on the other side, and the city just like a blit. Rav Edi reported this in Shuban Levi's name, and then he said, "But this doesn't make any sense." Divrei Neviut means it's it's a nice way of saying it makes no sense. Mali kaltava chatzir, mali kaltava sofer. What's the difference if it ends off in the middle of the city or at the end of the city? Either way, the two thousand amot should be the max. It should not be the case that if it goes to the end of the city, suddenly the whole city becomes like dalat amot, and I now gain the rest. So Amaravu Rava Tavayu Tanani says, No, it's not Divrei Neviut. Both of them are in Brightot. Anshei Yirkdal Machinet Kol Yirktana. That's the next Mishnah. That if you have a big city next to a small city, the big city people can walk through the entire small city. But the people in the small city can only walk 2,000 amot into the big city, meaning 2,000 amot from their town, into the city and not the whole thing. So you see, my time, isn't it because the guys in the small town, their tomb is going to end up in the middle of the big town, so they can't walk the whole thing, and the big town is going to have its midah in covering the entire small town. He had a different read, because in his read of the upcoming Mishnah, he said, each town can walk the entire other town, which is why he opposed Rabbi Shimon Levi's ruling. Mokim la and he's talking not about a situation where you're measuring it, but whether you actually actually put it down. Modeid lo tanan. Velo, we don't have a mission about the guy measuring. Nan, the modeid shamru, not nimo paimama. We saw this earlier. If a guy is actually the measurer, he gets exactly 2,000, and if it ends up in the middle of a cave, that's as far as he goes. So the answer is, Sofayir What was needed in that Mishnah was to teach us about Sofayir, which is not mentioned here with the, with the, um, with the measure. Amnachman, Mandatani Anshe Lomishtabish, Mandatani Ain Anshe Lomishtabish. In the next Mishnah, whether you read that the guys in a small town also get the full big town, or you read that they don't, either way you're right. What does that mean? If he says the small town does get the big town, that's talking about that's when you put your A-roof down, you gain partway into the next town, you get the whole town. But the read that we have in our Mishnah, which is that the small town does not get the entire big town, that's talking about when you're measuring. When you measure, wherever your 2,000 amount ends up, that's it, you don't get more. The next Mishnah should actually have some more to it. That's the Ein Anshe, our version. And this is what should be added. That's if you're the measurer. If you're in a small city, and you put your Eruv, if you're in a big city, you put your Eruv in a small city, or vice versa, you get the entire other city you put it in, plus 2,000 Amah, Big to small, most small to big. So if Nachman says both versions of the Mishnah are accurate, it depends if we're talking about the fellow measuring or the guy puts an air roof down.
you got a city that is right at the edge of a ravine. If you put up a barrier that's four tfachim, uh, that's all you need. Then the 2,000 amot start at the edge of the ravine. But if not, then you have to measure it from the doorway of that last house. So he turned to Rav Yosef and he said, because Rav Yosef was the one who reported this, he said, Rabbi, you taught us that a daka always has to be four amot. And remember, Rav Yosef had been sick, and Rabbi had reminded him of his teaching. So Rabbi said, you taught us that every daka has to be four amot, which is much bigger than four tfachim, six times as large. So Ma'ishtam, he called daki da So why is this one different? Then, the, different than all others are arba'a. When you put a normal barrier up, it, there's nothing scary about going to the other side. So you need a real barrier to mark it off. Here, there's a ravine. So all you have to do is put a little symbolic marker up, and therefore, arba'at uh, fachim is enough, because it's scary to work there. And Yosef ben Aminala, and I'll prove it to you, Tanya. Gader and Hamatan, two towns in the north, um, are, uh, are up and down the hill. And he allowed the people in Gader to go down to Hamatan, but not vice versa. So my time, what was the reason? It wasn't it because the people in Gader set up a daka, and therefore from their town out it was 2,000 amot which reached into Hamatan, and Hamatan didn't make a daka, and therefore they didn't have those extra amot, and they went from the beginning of their house that didn't reach into the town. In other words, normally two towns are going to have a reciprocal relationship because the distance is equal whether you go from A to B or B to A. So why would it be different here? It must be that one made a daka which extended their town out to that barrier, and the other didn't. So Kiyav Dimi Amar, he says, no, that wasn't the reason. He said, Rav Dimi, who came from Eretz Yisrael, said, I, I could tell you back home what the reason is, is that the people in Gader would would harass the people in Hamatan, and so therefore, Rebbe would not let the people in Hamatan go into Gader, because they'd be harassed there. Or they'd actually get beaten up. So Rebbe wasn't Matir, he was Matkin, Meretakana. Bnei Chamatan cannot go to Gader on Shabbat. Maishta Shabbat, why not just say they can never go there? The answer is to Shechichamashikrut, because on Shabbat, people in Gader would get a little drunk, and uh, lose their inhibitions, and then beat up these guys who are visiting. So, so how does it help if you allow Bnei Gader to go Bnei Chamatan? When they come into Bnei Chamatan, they'll beat them up. The answer is, Literally, a dog who's not in his place won't bark for seven years, meaning... Uh, on their own home turf, they'll fight, but they're not going to fight on the, uh, on the uh, as as the uh, visiting players. So aren't we afraid that the Bnei Hamatan are now going to take their vengeance on these bullies from Gader when they come into their town? The answer is The answer is that uh, that they they're, they're not going to beat them up. They're still afraid of them. Safra Mar. <coughs> So in other words, the Bnei Gader are not really afraid of the Bnei Hamatan even when they're visiting. They won't beat them up there, but they're not afraid of them that Bnei Hamatan would beat them up. Safram our Irash Havai. He says what you had there was that, that uh, Hamatan was one of those cities that we dealt with earlier that was a bowed city. And therefore, 
you couldn't you and it was the the measure we all take like Ravuna from one end to the other is more than four thousand amot, so you couldn't fill it in to start your tchum going further out. So it's sort of like the original answer of the Daka, but on a different technicality. It was simply a case like the upcoming Mishnah, where Gader is a big city and Hamatan is a small city, so Ben Gader can come into Hamatan. That's how he learned. He had a different version of Safra. In this other version, it was unclear whether Rav Safra, which one Rav Safra said, or Rav Dim Rachinina said. In the first version, it was clear Rav Safra was the set, one who said it was a bode city, and Rav Dimi said it was a big and small city. And this other version of Rav Tavyume, it was unclear which one of them said that, but we know that one of them said that, and one of them said the other answer of a bode city. Okay, the last two Mishnah together on Chait Yer as we saw, Malchin had called Yer They can walk through the entire small city that's nearby, and Chait Yer Malchin had called Yer And now in this version of the Mishnah, the guys in the small city can walk through the entire big city, Ketzad. If you're in a big city and you put your Erev in a small city, vice versa, could walk the entire city plus 2,000 amot out that that city has. You don't get the entire city, you get 2,000 amot from where you put the Erev. Rabbi Kiva then argued his case. Don't you agree that if you put your Eruv in a cave somewhere, you only get 2,000 amot from the Eruv, not from the end of the cave? So Chacham turned back and said, yeah, that's if there's no residence there. If there's residence in the cave, you get the entire cavern and 2,000 amot. Here you get the entire city and 2,000 amot. So you see that putting the Eruv inside the cavern is better than putting it on top. If the top is smaller. And we said that when somebody's measuring, he gets 2,000 amot. Even if it ends up in the middle of the cavern, that's all you get. That's when you're the modade. But the notain who puts it in there gets 2,000 amot from the boundaries of the cavern, um, as we said. Let's say you made Shabbat, you made your residence in a destroyed city. You still see where the city used to be, and you have 2,000 amot outside of that in the entire city to walk. If you put your Eruv in a destroyed city, So, if you yourself sat in the city, like with the cave, then you get the entire boundaries of what used to be the city plus 2,000. But if you put your Eruv there, you only get 2,000 from the Eruv itself. There's no residence there. He says, no, whether you're there or put your Eruv there, you get the entire area plus 2,000. So now, make the watch this challenge. So what was the Chachom's response to Rabbi Kiva? If there's nobody living there, you're right. You don't get the whole cavern. You get just from the spot. A destroyed city, the whole point is nobody's living there. So it should be the case if you put your A-roof down there, you only get 2,000 amot from the A-roof, not from the end of the city, the remains of the city. So the Chachom agree with Rabbi Kiva if there's no residence there. So now my in and Yaladira. Now read it a little differently. Not that there's nobody living in the cave, but the cave's not habitable. But this city was habitable. People lived there. Right now it's a ghost town, but it's somewhere you could live. 
Uh, so it could be that uh, you get 2,000 amot, even if nobody's actively there, you get 2,000 amot outside of the boundaries of what used to be the city. Toshma, Shavat bi'ir, afilu hi gedola ke'antuchia. Pimara, afilu kimaratzit ki'o melech Yehuda. Let's say you made Shabbat in a city, even if it's as big as Antioch, which was the biggest city they knew of in the ancient world, a huge city, <coughs> in northern Syria, uh, or in a cavern that's as big as the cavern of Tzidkiyahu, uh, the cave that he used to depart Yerushalayim. You get the entire city, or the entire cavern, and 2,000 amot out. Now notice the city is compared to the cavern. Just like a cavern is not a residential area. So similarly, a city that even if the city is a ghost town, you still get 2,000. But in we're talking about when you actually spent Shabbat there, not when you put an Eruv there. So now Mani, who's the author of that? It couldn't be Rabbi Kiva because my Yuri Chareva. He wouldn't say that just about a destroyed city. I feel yeshiva nami. Even if one had settled, he'd say you only get 2,000 more from where you put your eruv. Allah Rabbanan. It must be Rabbanan. Must be that only because you were actually physically there when over Shabbat do you get the whole town plus 2,000. But if you put your eruv, you don't. So no, you're starting from the wrong point of saying that the juxtaposition of the two cases of a city and a cavern was there to tell you it could be an, even an empty city. Do the opposite. Meaning, just like the city is a settled place, similarly we're talking about a cavern that people are living in. And Rabbi Kiva, it's Rabbi Kiva, Rabbi Kiva, who said, when you put your Erev then you only get 2,000 Amah, agrees that if you actually went there and stayed, you do get the entire area plus, if there are residents. But the Mishnah gave, the Brighton gave us an example, the cave of Tzidkiyahu, which is empty. The answer is, not exactly Tzidkiyahu, because it's Gdola. That was the whole point, trying to say how big it was. But not like it, because we're talking about one where people live there. They used to put their Eruv in this Bay Knesset. He said, move it in further so you get more area. Meaning, because he held, you get 2,000 amot from the Eruv, not from the end of the town. If it's from the end of the town, it doesn't matter where in the shul you put it. He says, what are you giving this uh, marginalized opinion? Nobody is Choshesh for Rabbi Kiva's opinion. We all agree that if you put an Eruv in a town, you get the entire town, plus 2,000 amot. Hence, it doesn't matter where they put it in the Beit Knesset. We have completed successfully our study of the fifth parak Eruvin. We'll begin our study of the sixth parak, Adari Manochri, which is going to take us back to the Chatzer and the definition of residence in a Chatzer in the next podcast. In the meantime, everybody should have a wonderful day.